Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that we can sing with confidence to either just the world at large or whether it's to our brothers and sisters right here in church, the reminder that He will come and save us. You will come and save us. And so whether we find ourselves today broken-hearted, fearful, wondering what next could go wrong in the world, may we take a moment and pause and declare through the strength and power of the Holy Spirit, wait, He will come and save us. And so, Lord, we pray today that in this time, in this place, we would hear the good news the news that You will save. And it won't just be us or those who are nice or those who have done the wrong thing that, that or the right things. You are the One who ultimately longs to redeem the entire world and the cosmos. And so we pray, O oh God, today come and begin that work here among us. Let our hearts be open to the work of Your Spirit that saves. Save us. Save us from our negativity. Save us from seeing the world uh, no different than what we see on television. Save us from the pursuit of things that can never satisfy. Save us that we might declare Your good works in the world and see others also come to realize the salvation of the God who loves and is love. God, for those who are struggling today, we pray that You would bless and support and encourage and cause us to be a part of that great work. For those of us who are joyous and excited about all that You are doing in the world, help us to catch a greater vision even still. That there is more that You can do that we can participate with You in. We pray for our city. I know that this year it looks like Portage will elect quite a few uh, new folks to our council. And so we pray that you would lead and guide all of that. We pray for our uh, first responders, those who are called into tragic situations. We pray that you would bless them, protect them, help them as they seek to make our community thrive and survive. God, we think of this family this week. We don't know who they are, but we know that they tragically lost their little boy in a car accident this week. And so we pray that you would just surround that family, encourage them, touch them, support them. May they find places of support, whether that's through a spiritual community, a church or synagogue or wherever they, they worship, or whether that is through just the agencies that this community has we want them to be supported and encouraged. Help them to grieve. Help them and bring them through this. God, we now give You this service. It is Yours. We have gathered in Your name. We long to hear from You. So I pray that if the songs and this prayer have not brought us into Your presence, that something of the Word, the good news, the Gospel declared will challenge and transform our hearts and lives. 
And we will leave here knowing that you are with us always and forever. And your kingdom is moving forward. For we pray all of these things through Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever and ever. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, you should know where we're going, right? Mark chapter 4. If you're new with us, we're in Mark chapter 4. We're in the middle of a series, and what we're doing is... uh, We are reading a chapter of Mark this past week. We have been reading Mark chapter 4 every day. Just try and find your way through it. It takes about five minutes to read through. If you feel so inclined or so inspired, you can read it a couple of times. And and then I promise to preach from that chapter this week, Mark chapter 4, the following Sunday. So starting today, we start reading what chapter? Chapter 5. Good. We will read chapter 5 starting today all the way through this week. And next Sunday, I'll preach from Mark chapter 5. Somewhere in there. But uh, what an exciting gospel this, this is. I'm, I'm really enjoying this series. And we have seen that there is, seems to be a pattern that Mark wants to draw our attention to. And that is, yes, Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, and He is not going to be those things in the way that you think He should be those things. And we've seen this pattern work its way through these first three chapters and the ways that Jesus challenges, the ways that Jesus challenges. Last week we talked about uh, really some things that were wrapped up in Jewish identity, drawing them back into the story that will give them their true identity. This week, we begin to look at some of the ways that Jesus declares the kingdom. This is a very important thing for uh, Jews of his day to declare the kingdom of God. And yet, we see that Mark will, will show us that Jesus has this same pattern when it comes to talking about the kingdom. The kingdom is coming. The kingdom is coming. But it's going to look different than you anticipate it being. And so he's going to draw us in. So why don't we, uh, I, I want to read just one little passage because today we're going to go through this and we're going to end with the very last passage of scripture here. And this is where Jesus calms the storm. So if you don't have a Bible, you can grab one in the seat back in front of you. Uh, what, what page is that on? 685. You can turn there. Hey, if you don't have a Bible, you can take the one right there. Um, We have folks that are uh, contributing to that. I want you to know if you are one of those folks that contributes to that, we're out of Bibles. We've given them away, okay? So uh, we need we need some more boxes. So if you feel so inclined, uh, please give and mark that so that we can order some more. But I don't care if we give away all the rest of the Bibles in the sanctuary today, okay? We want you to have that. If you don't have one, we want you to have that. and You can open up to that page. But let's look at Mark chapter 4 and go down to that. If you see the big number 4, that's where you start. And then go down until you find a little number 35. And hear the gospel today. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, 
and waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the back, in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Let's pray and ask God to bless the proclamation of the gospel. Lord Jesus, you are the word of God. And so I ask that you would come and speak to us. It may sound like my voice, but let it be yours. Help us to hear good news. For we ask this in your name. Amen. Well, today we're going to very quickly go through the gospel, chapter 4 in, in Mark's gospel. So you may want to just leave that open on your lap because we're going to kind of come down through this pretty quick and we're going to bring it into a screeching halt landing in this story that I've just read to you. But I want you to know that um, if there was ever a chapter that your pastor, me, Jeff McVeigh, needed to real, uh, wrestle with, this week. Uh, it was this one. Uh, and so we'll, we're going to jump into this. There, were just, there was just a lot uh, that really challenged me. Uh, and I hope you'll see why at the very end. Okay? So when we jump in at the very beginning, we get that very familiar passage. This is Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. We get this idea. It's probably written in your Bible as something on the parable of the sower. Or the parable of the soils. And we get this story. Jesus, we find out, is drawing a great crowd. And it's so large that he gets in a boat and he sat out in the lake and, uh, and began to teach the people. And it says that he, they, he taught them in parables. So he told stories that the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like. And so if you were a Jewish person, you would hear that kingdom of God and you would be really excited. Okay, he's declaring something. And then he tells a story. And Jesus um, tells this story, and we, how many of you have ever heard a, a sermon on the parable of the sower and, and the soils, the seed? Okay, I, I hope you all raise your hand, because I've preached uh, from this not too long ago, okay? And, and so, um, yes, so we've heard this story, but there are some things in here that we may kind of miss just because we're not a first century Jewish person. Uh, Jesus is using this in some ways kind of these parables are kind of like political cartoons. They only make sense if you understand the symbols. So uh, how many of you have ever, I mean, if you were a, uh, looking in your newspaper and you saw a political cartoon and somewhere there was drawn a cartoonish uh, looking elephant, you would know that they, that was supposed to represent what? Republicans, right? And if you saw a cartoonish donkey, you would know that was to represent what? And if you saw maybe, maybe, a, maybe a larger one and there was a, uh, an eagle, that represents what? The U.S. If you saw a bear, it would be what? 
Russia. Okay, so you're, you're with me. You're tracking. You understand these things. Um, when you go, though, if you've ever lived in another country or gone to another country and you don't know the political parties and you don't know the symbols that are attached, you could look at that and it just, you don't get it. I mean, people around you might be laughing, oh, look at this thing, but if you don't know what a, you know, why a donkey and a, and a, and a, elephant or headbutting it just doesn't make sense you know you you don't get it so in some ways we need to look at some of these things so uh when we when we talk about seed because uh because jesus uses a lot of parables in this chapter about seeds um we need to understand that there was something about a seed that is kind of wrapped up in the kingdom of god understanding that that many of the prophets talked about these kinds of things that that get wrapped up that they that uh, will talk about the kingdom of God coming. Jesus is using some different things, and we'll see here in just a minute some of these kinds of things uh, that would really kind of perk up the ears of someone who was Jewish in that day and age. They would be excited to hear about the kingdom of God. But Jesus does this little thing that kind of fits in that mark pattern that says the kingdom is coming, but it's going to be different than you're anticipating. So we see this very familiar one where the, the sower is just kind of sowing the seed. He's scattering it. It falls on cer- certain paths. You can read this uh, right after uh, chapter or verse one there in chapter four. And it falls on different types of soil. It falls. Some falls on a on a path and and it's quickly the birds take it away. Some fall on a. Uh, on kind of rocky soil, it springs up, but there's no roots, so it kind of, sun comes up, it burns away. Um, there are, there's some that falls in thorny soil, and uh, it grows up, but those things are all around it, and it kind of chokes it out. And then there's some that falls in good soil. And, uh, and the good soil, it produces a harvest of 30 and 100 fold. Okay, you're familiar with this passage. Now, what is Jesus saying here? What Jesus is saying is, yes, the kingdom of God is coming. That's the metaphor of the seed, that it's it's scattering. And God is bringing this about by scattering the seed, the word, and it's going to grow. But the truth of the matter is, is that people are different in their readiness to receive the understanding of the kingdom. And Jesus kind of explains this uh, to his disciples because uh, we kind of get to join in with the disciples, kind of clueless. What does this mean? Why, why are you telling this story like this? This isn't how a movement starts, right? It's supposed to be boom and away it goes. And, and Jesus says, well, people aren't necessarily ready for everything. There are some who they'll hear the kingdom of God is coming and their hearts are so hardened they think they know exactly that it just never even takes root. There, there will be some who will be really excited about it, but it doesn't take root very deep. And when things get difficult, it, they wither and fade away. There will be some who are just so excited and it grows up, but they have hoarded so much around them that it just chokes life out. And yes, there will be some. And I can just see Jesus and I hope it's you. That will lean into this. See what this is really all about. We'll stay beyond just the stories. And we'll see this 30, 
to a hundredfold. He, he goes on. He, he says this is, this is so important for us to understand. He talks about a lamp on a stand. It's actually, it, it kind of doesn't really fit in the metaphor uh, in some ways. He's talking about seeds. Then he's talking about a growing seed. Then he's talking about a mustard seed. And then right in the middle, there's this little part about a lamp on a stand. But he's saying if, if you really want this to take root in your life, it is something that has to be shared. He said this is something that, that comes to light. It, it, it's something that, that transforms and changes things. And, and it's not something that you receive just to put a, like a lamp and then put a, light, a, you know, a, a bushel over it. You, you don't have light so you can hide it, right? I mean, this, this just makes sense, right? I mean, if you go out on a uh, camping trip and it's dark and you've got a lantern so that you cannot trip, you don't turn the lantern on, and then wrap it in your sleeping bag and walk through the woods, do you? No, you you hold it out so that it will give light to everything. So Jesus is saying, the kingdom is coming. And it is meant to be shared out into the world. If we put it on, if we cover it up, then it loses its purpose and its meaning. And so we begin to see this lamp on a stand. He says, uh, so then we move on. I'm sorry. We move on. And there is the parable of the growing seed. So we've had the seed in the soil. We've had the lamp. We don't hoard the blessing that is coming with the kingdom. And then the parable of the growing seed. I want to read this one to you because it's very short. In verse 26, he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up. The seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. So remember, here's the seed, the kingdom of God. It's like a seed. Now, they wanted a a kingdom of God that would come like all kingdoms uh, come into this world. Boom! big explosion we would call that revolution we would we would have this giant movement that somehow moves towards this cataclysmic explosion and transforms everything and jesus says the kingdom is coming we're talking about a seed but like a seed the kingdom is coming and it's going to grow slowly it's going to move Just like a seed, like a farmer who sleeps and rises in the midst of your day-to-day life, the kingdom of God is active and at work, even when it seems like not. And sometimes that slowness causes us to feel like, is anything really happening here at all? Because honestly, the kingdom not only grows like a seed slowly and God does the work, even as I rise and as I fall and and sleep, when I get up and do my work and when I go to sleep, that kingdom is growing. That seed goes out. And the truth is, our hearts, some of us here, have all those different types of soil. And some, it just gets snatched away. And some, it it grows up but has no roots. For some of us, it, it grows and and we just kind of cling on to things. We're hoarding things and it chokes things out. For some of us, we're beginning to wrestle. But it's always this slow, steady process of the kingdom coming. Then he throws in that little bit at the end about the sickle. 
As soon as it's, as soon as it's ripe, it's harvested. Now that, one of the prophets uh, would use as a metaphor for the great day of the Lord. Where Israel, Israel was hoping for the day of the Lord. A great and terrible day where all of those other nations will be put down and we will be on top. It's as if Jesus in the midst of this is saying, but wait, the kingdom is coming and it flourishes. And oh yes, the great day of the Lord is coming. But just like the kingdom that's coming that doesn't look exactly like you want it to look. Just like uh, I am the, the Son of God. I am the Messiah, the Christ. But it's not going to be this, in the pattern that you think it should be. Yes, the end is coming. And oh, guess what? It may not be just like you think it's supposed to be. He moves on. He tells one more story one more parable we can read it's the parable of the mustard seed verse 30 again he said what shall we say the kingdom of god is like or what parable shall we use to describe it it is like a mustard seed which is the smallest of all seeds on the earth yet when planted it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. You see this parable of the mustard seed. I've also preached this one to you before. So to to wrap it up, you know, it's again, there's that seed kingdom of God. It goes in the ground. It grows slowly. It starts small. It isn't a big explosion that just keeps on rippling out. It starts small, but powerful, and it grows into something large so that the birds of the air could come and find rest in it. Now, if you were here back when I preached this before, uh, we all think nowadays, oh, isn't that sweet? The little birdies can come and find a nest. You know, we love that. Joyce, we read Birds and Blooms, right? Uh, we, we, uh, we love to see the beautiful birds. But birds in Jesus' day and age were unclean. Though they were things that, you know, could, could interrupt your, your righteousness. Uh, it, you know, because birds are kind of wild and crazy. They're unpredictable. They fly everywhere. And every now and then, this stuff kind of falls out of them. And if you're really concerned with cleanliness and purity, you really don't want that to be on you, right? So for Jesus to say, here's the kingdom, it starts small, it cannot be stopped, it's going to push out and grow into the largest thing, but the unclean things are going to come and find rest and hope. I told a story of of a pastor friend of mine who preached this service in Southern California. He didn't let them in on what I've already let you in on. But he said, he just started talking about a building that they were going to build. Oh, this is going to be the greatest church. I want you to know that we have, we have done these things. We are building this church up. And people were amening. And people were getting excited. And they were excited about the vision of this church that they were going to build that was going to be reaching people. And he said, we were going to build this church. It's going to cost us money. That's okay. We're on board. This is excited. There was excitement. He said, we want this church to be here so that all the illegal aliens in this area will find a place of worship where they can get help and food and the things that they need spirit left the building that 
That is the way Jesus, when he was talking about this, wants us to understand. The kingdom of God, it is coming. It's not grand and glorious and it's coming. It starts small, but is unstoppable. It grows into something large. Our ways that we receive it may be different, but it is on the move. And we are called to let go of everything for it, including realizing that the people who will be a part of it are probably not the people that you expect to be there. So why was this so important for your pastor to hear this week? I'll be a little transparent. Is that okay? Sometimes pastors, myself included, we want the big explosion. We want to see the, the holy fire fall, I guess. Is that, is that the old language, right? We want to see just everything transformed like that. And we want to see growth. And we want to see the, the pews packed. And we want to say, we want to be a part of the excitement of saying, oh, we need to start another service. And we need to get this, this going. We need to move all and look at everything that's going. We want that. And God really used this good news to challenge my heart to say, my kingdom, though, is like a seed. It goes in the ground. And it gets thrown into all types of soil. I hope you, don't, I hope you know that you know, those soil types, it's just reality. I mean, Jesus was preaching to insiders. If, if Jesus were to deliver this message today, He would come right into churches and be talking about, hey, you know what? Y'all are different soil types. And sometimes when you declare a kingdom that is small and yet on the move, people lose heart. People get excited for a while, but maybe don't stick out through the tough times. People, people's imaginations and hearts are captured by a lot of different things. Sometimes it chokes it out. And sometimes there are folks who catch it and see this happen. I needed to be reminded of that. And, and I'm one of those soil types too. Sometimes it happens that way. Sometimes I needed to hear this passage because when Jesus declares something radical, like the kingdom of God is on the move, and the kingdom of God will bring in probably people that I'm not ready for in the midst of that, It becomes hard. Your, your pastor is a, is a peacekeeper. Do you know this about me? I love you. And I love peace and calm. It's a part of my, my tight makeup. But I've been challenged by this passage of Scripture to realize that there is a difference between being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker. A peacekeeper will keep the peace at all costs, including not saying what needs to be said in order to keep the peace. A peacemaker is willing to say what needs to be said and find the way of peace in the difficulty. And I have been challenged by this gospel to understand that my personality type 
is to begin to try and make peace in the difficulty. That's why we end with the passage on the storm. Because whenever the kingdom of God is declared, and the kingdom of God says that there are different soil types that this falls into, and when the kingdom of God is small, not an explosion, it's not what people are looking for. And people's hearts and minds and imaginations are captured by something else. And when you declare that the kingdom of God or church is going to look different than what you're expecting, and the kingdom of God is going to be like you have to let your light shine to everywhere. In other words, it's going to claim your allegiance and your loyalty. It is invariably going to create a storm. And we have to remember, I have to remember, that in the midst of all of that, there is one in the boat who is able to say to the storm, peace, be still. And the truth of the matter is, my friends, my brothers and sisters, I think that for us in the church, and particularly the church here in America, we are waiting for the explosion. Some of us are waiting for the explosion of this particular church to just grow. And the truth is, it won't grow until we lean in to the good news of the gospel that's going to start growing something. Where we begin to start leaning into the scriptures, leaning into times of prayer, And taking a great risk to actually say to some other human being, would you like to come with me? Or, you don't even have to be that radical. I'm reading this book. Would you like to have coffee with me and read it with me? We want to see that that has to happen. There are some of us who think that all the blessings, and we have many blessings here in this church, but that they're just for us. And the truth of the matter is, that's, that's not the case. Yes, I, I want Jackson to have the blessings of teacher. Right now, he is back, I'm, I think, enjoying uh, Carla Hurt's mission lesson for Children's Church. I want my kid and I want your kid to know about the dynamic God who is at work everywhere in the world. It is for us. But if we stop there, we have missed the point. The goal is we must invite. Do you believe that He is the God that saves? Then why can't we declare this more often? Simply and invite those to come. For some of us folks, we have become so entangled in what happens in Washington, D.C. that we have trouble mixing even here today. Can I say to you today that the gospel of Jesus Christ is neither pro-conservative nor pro-liberal? So wherever you fall, I want you to know that the gospel of Jesus Christ calls them both into question and would ask some very difficult questions about conservatives' need to exclude and push out and liberals' need to include and explain everything to the last nitty-gritty detail and rob it of its spirit. And it would call into question both of them who use the military as a weapon that is held against the head of the world. Have I created a storm yet? 
Because Jesus' kingdom starts small. And it's unstoppable. And it is moving out. And our call is to let go of those titles and those labels and all of those things. Because someday, when the end comes, it will look different than many of us are expecting. And the truth of the matter is that there will not be any one country's flag planted at the North Pole. There will simply be the risen Christ and those who call Him Lord. And that's our call. To go and to show that love that the risen Christ is present here and now today. And in the midst of the storms, He is the one that oftentimes we go to awake wondering if He cares at all to wake Him up. But He is the only one who is able to say to the wind and the waves, politically, whether it's what we're embracing or looking or what our imaginations are caught by, and He is the only one who can say, peace be still. So where do we find ourselves today? This is where it's captured the heart of your pastor. And so I confess to God today. Create the soil in my heart that is ready to receive the the smallness of the kingdom. Help me. Help me to lean into that. Break up the hard-heartedness. Help me to let go of the things that choke this out. Help me to declare that church, kingdom work in the world probably looks different than I'm anticipating. And to go into the flow of what God is trying to do in the world. And if it creates a storm then what do we do? We trust that the one who's in the boat with us can calm the storm. I don't know what storms you have in your life. Maybe they're created by the gospel or maybe they're created by your own making. But I want to declare to you today that we serve the one who will come and save. The one who is able to speak into the midst of the storm and say, peace, be still. Are you ready to lean into that kind of kingdom? Can can we pray a prayer that says, Oh God, break up the hard-heartedness, pull the weeds out, till the soil of my heart, and make it ready to receive the good news? It may start small, but it's going someplace and I want to be a part of that. Can we bow our heads? close our eyes and like us to spend just a moment and before the music starts can you just take a moment and just be silent before God and take your deep breaths but in the midst of that can you ask oh God what's my soil type
And you ask the Lord, what am I clinging to? That's not the kingdom. Can you ask the Lord, who is it that I'm uncomfortable with coming to nest in this particular mustard tree? Can you be so bold as to say, not my will, but yours be done? Even if the storms come, I will trust in you. Father, today I've tried to be faithful to what I feel the gospel has uh, done in my heart this week. As I prayed before I came out here today, Pray that something that is said today may not be an explosion in the heart of the soil of the people who are here. But I pray that a seed would take root. A seed that is of your kingdom. That is good. That blooms and creates a safe place for even the unthinkable clean things to come and find healing and rest and safety. That something small would begin to change the soil makeup. Oh God, break our hard hearts. The places that we have become entangled. Whether that's with the things we own or the things that own us whether that's with our idea of how the world is to work, whether that's our political parties or systems or leaders, whether that's with the violence inherent in the world, help us to have that small kingdom seed start to grow in the midst of our rising and sleeping, working and resting, call it forward that it might produce a harvest 30, 100 fold. And oh God, if the storms come because we are letting the light shine into the darkness, help us to trust that You are with us. Help us, oh God, to cry out to You and wait for Your voice to speak the words, Peace, be still. And I pray that that would happen in all of my brothers' and sisters' lives. And I pray that it would happen for us collectively as Cross Community Church.
that we might live something radically different. That is full of grace and truth and mercy and love, filled with light in the darkness and hope for the world that will be transformed by this small seed that will break through. Let it break through here. And help us in all we do to trust in the One who saves us. Can we sing this this morning, church? He will come and save you. He will come and save you. Lift up your eyes to Him. He will arise again. He will come and save you. One more time. He will come and save you. He will come and save you. Lift up your eyes to Him. You will arise again. He will come and save.